it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, I'm Richard Anderson. You are listening to TV Confidential. There were always situations that were clearly challenging in that David Vincent couldn't make others believe that he had witnessed what he had. But that's a good thing. That's a good challenge for an actor is to have to convince others that this is happening. It's really happening. And David didn't always know to whom he was speaking. He could have been speaking to someone who was an invader because they infiltrated law, education, government, uh, science, law enforcement. So it was always a challenge. For an actor, what's better than to portray a living nightmare? Ed Robertson welcoming you back to TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television that is pleased to welcome Mr. Roy Thinnes, the actor known around the world as David Vincent, the mild-mannered architect who discovers that aliens from another planet are trying to conquer the human race, only to find that no one believes him in the classic Quinn Martin series, the Invaders. Roy Thinnes also played Jeremiah Smith on The X-Files. There is a direct line to The X-Files and The Invaders, which we'll ask Roy about in just a second. Plus, we'll touch on some of his other interests as an actor and an artist. We began our conversation by asking Roy about his long association with producer Quinn Martin. You are unusual in that th- there were certain actors he liked, and if you got on his radar screen, you you got a job pretty much any show he had in production, but you were unusual because not every actor had a chance to meet with Quinn, and you met with Quinn, this is before The Invaders, right? Not until The Invaders. I, I worked for Quinn Martin on The Untouchables, which was one of his masterpieces. Mm-hmm. There were several shows. Uh, yeah, you did a, You did one of the last episodes of The Fugitive, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I did that just before we started talking about The Invaders. Mm-hmm. But there were other shows like, uh, I want to say High and the Mighty. It was a show about the American Air Force oh. in World War II. 12 O'Clock High. 12 O'Clock High. I was on two or three episodes of mm-hmm. that in, in different characters. And always I had this marvelous experience because I was working with not only the best actors, directors, writers, especially writers. Mm -hmm. Quinn Martin, I think, always capitalized more than any other general producer Mm -hmm. because of his success rate. And his success was based on the fact that he shared the profits with writers, directors, producers, always saying, I'm going to expect a lot of you. Mm-hmm. So it may be a challenge to your marriage. There are long hours involved, but that's why I'm paying you over scale. And everybody got it, and everybody admired him for that. And he had the respect of everyone from the stagehands all the way on up to the stars to the producers. But most important, he always hired the very best writers. Mm-hmm. 
And you cannot have a successful film without a great script. There's just no way around it. You may be speaking nonsense if it's written by an amateur, but he's elicited the very best writers and even made them producers of these shows. Absolutely. George Eckstein was one of them. I, I know that. to be George started as a writer, you know, on a number of Quinn shows, and then eventually he, he produced a number of shows for Quinn before producing shows uh, for Universal in the 70s. But, uh, yes, exactly. And again, there's, there, there's a reason why we're still talking about the shows of Quinn Martin four or five decades later, because they stand out because he, he, he put the quality in, he, he, he invested the money in quality then, and they you know, they made an impact then, and they continue to resonate with viewers today and are discovering new viewers, such as shows like The Invaders, which, beyond its impact in the U.S., continues to attract new viewers around the world. Yes. Well, the first time I met Quinn Martin, as I say, was after uh, the Long Hot Summer, which should have been a hit, but they were filming it in black and white. Mm-hmm. I was offering my salary to do color print. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, are you people thinking here? They were shooting at a different studio with MGM instead of Fox, where it was being produced. They were doing it in black and white when we were using the town of Tara, which was on lot three at MGM, Mm -hmm. and lot two, which was Mickey Rooney Street, which had railroads, Streetcars, it was, and and water mills. It was the most beautiful place on earth, and it all belonged to MGM. And they were filming it in black and white, and I could not imagine what they were thinking. And of course, at the end of twenty six episodes, uh, it was dead. Yeah. And during that period, I was proposed the Invaders a science fiction series, as it was presented to me. Mm -hmm. And I took forever to answer Mr. Martin. And he called me into the office one day. And there were two very famous writers sitting in the office, but kind of exempt from the conversation. But I noticed that they all had George Adamski books under their arms, which is what I was reading at the time Mm -hmm. on good advice that uh, see I don't believe the aliens were just now invading I think the aliens have been here for thousands of years Sanskrit, Mayan and all historic uh, records were of visitors from another place who came in on what they called Vimanas in Sanskrit it's biblical it's been going on for thousands of years, these visitors. But I don't—I didn't know at the time that the, the QM Productions got that. I didn't want to get involved in a science fiction series because I had known, uh, or by example, other people who had done science fiction movies or shows, and forever they were given science fiction projects. Right, you don't want to be typecast. I didn't want to get go that way. It was too early in my career. Yeah. So he calls me in with these writers sitting there, and he said, uh, you're reluctant to do sci-fi. 
and I politely answered, uh, yes, sir. He said, uh, I understand that. I don't do sci-fi. This Invaders is going to be a study in paranoia. He said, much as David Jansen's show. The yeah, Fugitive. The Fugitive, right. He said, this is one man who knows something that's been going on forever, perhaps, but he knows that they've landed and they've infiltrated education, government, law, every faction of life, and he cannot convince people to believe that they've been invaded. And I said, you got me, sir. Yeah. I'm on. Because that was it. That was the deal. And with a format like that, I mean, you could, yeah, there there are elements of sci-fi in that, but you can go, you could take it in different directions because the invaders looked like humans. You, you did not know where they were. Exactly. And that was why it was so... You, in fact, David never knew who he was dealing with mm -hmm. unless they had the stiff little finger. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But this, you know, my research showed me that there was Mayan and Sanskrit records, mm -hmm. biblical records of visitors coming from another place who had these incredible uh, vehicles. They called Vimanas. Mm -hmm. They were like celestial cars. And the more I read George Adamski, and I was pleased to see that the writers, who were the head writers on the show, had copies of Adamski's books with them. But we're referring to Nikola Tesla, who had designed a two-man flying saucer mm -hmm. in his time, trying to deal with anti-gravity as, as the motivation. In, 19, in the 1930s, the mid-1930s, Nazi scientists had developed a flying saucer that was anti-gravity that looked just like the UFO and the invaders. Mm -hmm. And these photographs have only become uh, apparent in the last five or six years. There's a French author who wrote a book called The Secrets of the Invaders. The Secret uh, des Invasions. It's only printed in French, but it was a bestseller at Monte Carlo mm -hmm. in the book festival last year. Mm -hmm. And he has photographs of the German ships, and then he he he, he compares them to uh, the, the show business ships. And I became suddenly aware of why all the writers who were writing on the Invaders were referring to George Adamski, who allegedly, uh, but I believe it, uh, I say allegedly because some people would, will never believe it, like they don't believe there's climate change, that Adamski had made contact with so-called aliens who looked exactly like us, who had three landing spaces on this planet, they were not interested in getting involved with humanity, which is so warlike and violent. Yeah. But they needed a space station for supplies. 
they were moving on to another galaxy. Well, the Pentagon, the White House, high government officials kept consulting with George Adamski, mm -hmm. wanting to know what he knew. Why so much interest? And it was all kept top secret, and George Adamski kind of fizzled out into the past, but he is one of the greatest references. He has three or four books that are just stunning. And his contact well, with aliens on this planet. We're talking to Roy Thinnis, the actor known around the world as David Vincent on The Invaders and Jeremiah Smith on The X-Files. All 43 episodes of The Invaders are available on DVD. You know, you're touching on, on a topic that we like to refer to on the show. It, it speaks to an authenticity that an actor brings to a role, whatever role he plays. I mean, no matter how far out the premise may seem, or or even if it's even if it's a premise that you may be ahead of its time. I mean, if you as the actor can get the audience to believe that you believe that this is happening, then that everything else falls into place. Well, exactly. And it, before I ever met with Mr. Martin and and agreed to the show, I sought out other mentors. I said, please advise me. I don't know what the hell we're talking about here. And most of them said, read Adamski and uh, look into Nikola Tesla. And there is German science from the mid-30s, which proves that somebody was paying attention. Mm -hmm. It was top secret all across the board. And the more I read Adamski, I thought, I could, I could do this. I could, I could get involved in this. What must have Mr. Adamski gone through? As I say, with interviews, you know, not one or two, but many interviews with Pentagon and the White House, trying to glean some information from him about what the hell's going on on this planet all of which remain top secret. Mm -hmm. But if we read Adamski and we look into the German science, which has just come clear, as I say, you know, five or six years ago, this man's book, it's in French only, but I hope it's, it's produced in all languages because it will be awakening to a population who's, anxiety level is getting higher and higher with what the hell's going on on this planet. I, for instance, saw the possibility of going into, especially when we portrayed certain government officials, high-ranking officials in science and education, mm -hmm. who were actually aliens. And David Vincent is discovering this. And it happened around the time that the United States was taking a tumble, one after another, mm -hmm. war after war after ignorant wars, mm -hmm. in which many died, and 
we always ended the wars saying, this doesn't make any sense, let's end it. Bump, it's over. Yeah. Uh, we just saw one end there in Iraq. Are there powers that are supernatural or extraterrestrial who are guiding us into starving and, and putting into poverty and controlling the weather? You know, all of these were episodes on the invaders, how they could control the weather, the, the financial conditions of nations. And so this Frenchman's book is that there's a, an Adamski hint or a clue in every one of these episodes. So it's what I pray that they, they interpret it into English. Because my French stinks. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to a replay of our conversation with Roy Thinnes that originally aired in 2016. Roy Thinnes, David Vincent on The Invaders, Jeremiah Smith on The X-Files. The complete two-part interview with Roy Thinnes is available as a digital download at shop.tvconfidential.net. In addition to talking about The Invaders, we discuss Roy's experience on The X-Files, the psychiatrist, and general hospital. Plus, we talk about his longtime interest in art and other topics. You can find that now online as a digital download at televisionconfidential.com. We'll replay our conversation with Robert Colbert from July 2015. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.